Welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm joined by Matt Kirshen. Hey, Andy. Sitting to my left. And who's back with us? Uh, Jesse Case, it's good to see you. Hey, good to see you guys. You were missed last week. Uh, we were all missed the week before. We were all missed the yeah, week before. Thanks. I was missed last week. Um, sorry about that, everybody, all the listeners. I know you're heartbroken. And I want to thank the Ottawaians, Ottawa, Ottawa people, for uh, coming out and laughing at stuff. I met a few probably scientists. You're very nice people. Yeah, we had a bunch come out for our live show last week in Portland at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Thank you guys for coming out to that. And uh, I really do think that was one that was a lot worse off for not having you there, Jesse. That really? Uh, yeah. Well, it was a we, fun show, we, and we were very happy with our guests. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was but great. when you're talking about sex and sexuality and relationships, I'm missing the, a Jesse. Well, here's the thing, though, is that, and I mean, I don't even know if I should say this, I'm the least experienced of all of us in Se- that department. Sexually? Yeah. I just I think I talk about it more because I'm a douche, but I'm the least experienced. <laughs> you guys are like gentlemanly about it, but but <laughs> dude, I've like made eye contact with one girl. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Your parents were there. My parents were in the audience listening to us talk about uh, prehistoric human sex and uh, why why monogamy is not the natural state of things, sort of. And my parents have been married for forty. Three years. Well, what was it like? Because we were just discussing that before we hit record. We have a guest. Yes, let's bring him in. And we'll bring him in. Uh, Our guest is a hilarious comic from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, In fact, if you're still in Nashville and you're listening, he runs an advice column. uh, An advice column called the Advice... I guess guess just Advice King. Advice King. the Advice King. the Nashville Cream. The Nashville Scene or the Nashville Cream website. You guys are fans. If you're fans of Nashville media, which I'm sure you are, <laughs> of course. Um, it's Chris Crofton. It's Chris Crofton. Uh, thank you for having me on. Of course, buddy. And uh, you were saying your mom's seen you do stand up, and but your stand up is a bit, you know, it gets a bit. Uh, there's well, some bodily when I, fluids. There's... When I was drinking, I I, re- I made a, I realized something about my, about my stand up. I used to do stand up. I used to, I drank for 27 years or something. I don't know, maybe longer, and. Uh, a lot, and when I was drinking, uh, especially toward the end, I was in a really bad mood, and I felt really lousy. And so, anytime I saw someone in the audience that that looked happy, mm-hmm. I would just say "pussy juice" to them until they were unhappy. <laughs> sure. And uh, so, and my mom was; she came to every show, so she just had she heard she had to hear "pussy juice" quite a bit because it was like my main quote unquote joke. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so uh, I remember when you sold those shirts. Oh yeah, basically. Chris I may as well. Cough. I may as well. Have, I mean, you know, I thought that stand up was all about making people barf back then. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was really good. My problem. See, here's my problem: is my folks uh, when I'm back in Nashville, they'll come to shows, and I don't worry so much about bombing as much as I worry about killing for my folks. Because if I do a show. Because, uh, you know, I'll talk about some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last show I did in Nashville where my folks came, I had something where I just referenced fisting. Uh-huh. Referenced it. You, uh, just you, did, you didn't actually fist someone on stage. You just referenced No, no, no. It. I okay. didn't do the old closer. Okay. I just referenced it this time. I like that you still dropped your voice as you said that word. Right. Like you, still, you still did the kind of, like, look left, look over your shoulder kind of... 
Fisting. Well, yeah. let's, let's not forget to well, come back to that because well, yeah. there's a well, But I don't know if there's yes. anyone fisting close by. I don't want to offend yeah, anyone. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, but it's one of those things where I would rather my parents be grossed out and stare at me, and instead my mom and my dad are like winking at each other and high fiving when I'm doing my <laughs> fisting joke, and it's a terrible feeling. I mean, if you so what my, that's my point, Chris, is when you said pussy juice, if your mom like woo and like took a shot. <laughs> You'd be weird about your mom. It'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. She, you, I, I, you want she, her offended. Yeah, I mean, but she pretends like she doesn't know. She does this thing where she pretends like she doesn't. She doesn't know what it means. Like she'll say, "I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means." But she's kind of in a daze when she's her, her eyes look funny when she says it. Like she says, "I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means." Like you know, like as like, like that's her mantra. If you keep saying enough, it'll be true. Said, yes, exactly. Like yeah, like recently she uh, uh, or long actually no, not recently. Um, a long time ago, I did. I can't even. I'm going to ruin this podcast. No, not all right. Okay, all right, this is rough. This is real rough. And I, I said it for Mother's Day recently during a a, a, a show, and I told the audience, I said, "You're not going to want to hear this because I don't even like saying it." Mm. So get ready. Uh, ask science. What what are we on? Probably science. <laughs> Probably science. Um, big fan. So, uh, <laughs> so long time uh, first time. So uh, I said on stage. I was actually opening for Neil Hamburger in Nashville, and okay. back then I was trying. You know, I was thinking of what I considered jokes back then, mm-hmm. was which was something along the lines of this. I got on stage and I said, "You know what gives me the creeps? Like I'll never. I just can't get. I can't get used to it. Eating my mom's pussy." Sure. And the crowd like groaned and barfed and everything. And, and you know, I was like, <laughs> "Man, I don't that, know what that, your mom's pussy like. That's my new closer. <laughs> like, wow, look, everybody got really upset and, and ho- feel they feel terrible. So that's a great one. And. uh <laughs> my friend shot that 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 show and I he was like I'll cut you together a promo <laughs> and he put that joke in it and then that joke I'm being very generous to myself so then then my mom saw the damn promo. I don't know sure. how she said it was on some website or you know I you know I'm sure it was on my whatever's on MySpace or something and uh she I said well I but mom I well, you see, the thing is, and I, but, I, you know, and she yeah. just started saying without anybody, I didn't ask her if she knew what it meant, but she just said, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. And she had a weird look on her face and she just sort of walked out of the room and I just heard her saying it as she went down the hall, just Mumbling sort of quieter and quieter. I don't know what it means. Did I you like know what break it, her? She's just gone crazy. I, she just, she just has, it was, it was like the last time I did a show in Nashville, right before I left Nashville to come to Los Angeles, I did a show where I said, talked about anal sex. I had a point about it. I was like, men should stop trying to have anal sex with women and do something constructive. Um, and I said, like, I bet like a lot of the cave paintings are graffiti because saying graffiti saying like Throck had anal sex with. Right. Peggy or woman number one or whatever they called them back then. Mm-hmm. Like man number two had sex with woman sure, number sure. eight. Anal, st- you know, like they got the number system down before inventing names. Right, Mister, 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 Man Number Eight rule because he have sex. I was like, give it up. The only thing that survived that period is pottery. Nobody sure. can read your scrawlings about your anal sex. So next time you want to have anal sex, build make a pot, make a nice pot instead. So I did that. My mom saw that whole thing. I was talking about. I just talked about a lot about cum, and she said the next day she looked sad. <laughs> and I said, did you like the show? And she was had a weird look on her face, and she was acting weird. She's like, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. And I was like, you don't act like that. Why are you acting like that? What's the matter with you? And she said, 
it was a lot of, she goes, it was a well. She goes, well, it was a lot of C-O-M-E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got sad. That made me sad. That's, that is a bummer. Uh, Chris, I have <laughs> I have jizzed on my own face in front of my mother. Oh, well, that I makes told the me story feel... on the show. No, here. you're not. All right, come on. I'm serious. Under what circumstances? Like not intentionally. We should. No, not intentionally. Well, no, sort of intentionally. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, can I, I was, guess what the that scenario was? Supposed was? To be the end. It just wasn't supposed to happen in front of. Her. It wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. I was. I, I was trying to blow myself, and she walks in, and I look over, lock eyes <laughs> with her, and come on the side of my own face. Oh my god, that's and the worst story I've ever heard. <laughs> so I'm saying, chill out, man. It's oh, all right. Okay. I, I feel. Like, I did, you, did you say like, uh, what time's dinner? Like, did you have anything? To <laughs> no, say there was right no follow up, and also it was three in the morning. Oh, it's not what it looks like. Right. It's, exactly. it's only what it looks yeah. like. And I'm sorry to revisit that with the listeners, but no. I'm saying that it's, it's, uh, it's science. It got buried in a, later in an episode earlier, so in case someone tuned out before the end, now they know that story. Yeah, yeah that was uh, the Janet Varney episode. Um, For all our first half hour listeners. Wow. This, this also ties in well with what I wanted to bring up, which yes. is a turn of events in, in the um, Valley Village uh, uh, uh housing situation big things happen when you were out of town <laughs> yes. Andy. i came back to find a for sale sign in front of the house next door the neighbors are moving and like we do kind of wonder how much we have to do with this like because mm-hmm. we are kind of nightmare neighbors i get that um, yeah well they put in the double pane glass yeah we thought that was because they could hear you know us talking yeah, absolutely about yes. maybe uh and I don't know how much of it is just that, like, we do come and go at weird hours. Uh, I don't know how loud we are. I don't know how much my music, like, bleeds through two levels of walls. Or, or sure. if it's, what, if it's, what if it's all the podcast? Like, what, I don't know. <laughs> we may have made some people move, guys. People who are afraid to just come. They've never come over and just, like, been like, hey, do you mind not? So we don't know. So you, you think that inside that house next door there are two people wandering around going, I don't know what it means. I don't <laughs> know what it means. <laughs> just don't know what it means. I don't know family. what it means. Yeah, we used to have so. fun in here, but now we, we have to pretend we don't know what anything means because <laughs> we used to have a fun life in here before we had to hear about people jizzing on their own faces. I'm worried about the new neighbors, man. Oh yeah, who knows? I mean, like, I mean, it's gonna be a nightmare. We, we are the outliers. We are the only renters. I think we're like mm-hmm. the only, the only gentiles. Only gentiles. Uh, we're the only ones who come and go at weird hours i guess I, yeah we have <clears throat> yeah the streets the shut down at 9 p.m i mean but you know and yeah you can tell like if we're, if we're coming if we're driving friday night like oh it's like these guys don't belong here you know right yeah well i could tell right away i this is i've this is the first time i've come to the uh the podcast headquarters and i can uh, tell chris a lot of c-o-m-e talk <laughs> <laughs> which i could tell which uh which house had the podcast in it <laughs> Sure. You know what's weird is we didn't need to build that big satellite dish. I don't know why we did. It's not how podcasts work, but we did. Yeah, but it is obvious from the street. Yeah. Which which one it is. We do have kind of the most rundown house. Just a little. You can just tell because everyone else has a really like pretty manicured. Yeah. No, this place is fancy street. Completely falling apart. You guys would you wouldn't believe this place. These guys are talking about science in quite a setting. This is a beautiful place to live. That's I live in Glendale in a on a rug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man. on like a wall to wall burnt rug. Like I mean, a rug with a bunch of like pot pipe burn marks all over. And I don't smoke pot, but from the previous, sure. Like, when I moved in there, the stuff was still in there from the dude who lived there before me, who was another stand up. No and way. it was terrifying. I mean, seriously, it was like wow. an art department, like for a movie kind right, of thing. Right, there right. was a condom on the floor next to the. There was a no. Okay, it wasn't a condom. Thank God. But, uh, is it a diaphragm? No, it was a condom wrapper right next to a fork. Oh, okay, sure. But, I mean, like, who who's having sex in such a way that they just... 
I've never like you were. Well, you were talking about it before you st- we started the show. Oh no, we were. You were start. We started when you were talking about how you talk about sex a lot. But or was that before the show? No, that no, was on air. It was on, it was on air. air. Okay, but I don't. You know, I've never had sex like that. Like where I would leave a condom wrapper oh. around. Like I might put it in a frame. But sure. I certainly wouldn't leave sure. it on the ground next to a fork. Not, for like, next, to your, not next to your ground fork. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's I, a sacred, it's a sacred place. I, I find know. in the heat of the moment, a fork is the best way to get the condom ra- open, like to get the wrapper and off. safest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, quickest. Safest. I think. I think. I think. Like government agencies, whatever they they advise that use use a sharp the, instrument. They've started points. teaching that in. Well, in I really poke into ed. it. Yeah. My my ex girlfriend used to try to trick me into getting her pregnant by poking holes in the condoms. And that hurts. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm that quite a bleeder. You, that means she uh, loves would, you, by the way. That means would, she loves uh, you. That means she loves you a lot. Straight to the ER. Hmm? <laughs> I, did I tell you guys about the condom that I found in my in the house that I uh, the rental up in Portland after these? You got a found condom story? Oh yeah. Uh, these girls trashed my house and then they didn't take their stuff out and I had to like hire a dumpster to, to get rid of it all. And one of the things I found when I opened this girl's closet door was a shoebox and I took off the lid and it was full of her birth control prescription. Um, a bunch of hair clippings, and then on the top of the whole thing, a bloody condom. Like, that's that not was, okay. No, that's, and I don't know why a shoebox would be the place right inside. It's your called a Bosnian door. love letter. Yeah. <laughs> mm, sure, sure. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that because that's like hoarding. That's emotional hoarding. It's, I don't know. If or maybe it's a ritual. Yeah, it could well, be that's like what a I mean. Weekend, it's uh, something. Something's going on there. Like, um, do you know if it's her hair, or maybe it was the hair of the someone thing. that she's trying to? It could be saying. the ex's hair, and then it's all like a thing to end that period. I have no. Or she was just like, I hate the landlord. I hate this guy, and I want him to find this. When he, <laughs> this weird yeah, combination yeah. of things. Yeah. What's the weirdest three things we could put in this shoebox? Right. Just using the stuff that's around the room. You ever thought about doing that as like a, a contest? Like, what are the three most awful things you can bring up to a grocery store register at the same time? Well, I've had. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, we've discussed this in the show before. Once I was on a date that was going quite well, and uh, you know, looked like things were gonna get a little heavier later. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And while we were in the restaurant, my car had been broken into. They stole an iPod. It's in the iPod days. Okay. Um, Wait, stole- are we, we past those days now? I think we are. I, never, I think everyone phones, just goes iPhone. Yeah, I, never, yeah. I never even got to them. I had a CD Walkman all through the iPod period. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, that was money better spent because you got to jump straight to the better version. So. Does, yeah. not impress, does not impress women. All right. But, a box of condoms, okay. a hammer, mm-hmm. and a packet of dog food. Well, that, well what, yeah, yeah. what <laughs> I had to buy was I bought, I bought condoms because my car had been broken in two. Yep. Through the window, it had been broken. Right. But I was also going to get get laid right so i bought uh condoms black 40 gallon trash bags and duct tape that was my that was my <laughs> yeah, purchase yeah. at the 7-eleven in seattle it really is like no matter what three one of the three has to be condoms like you can't make it a great three combination without one of them being i don't condoms. know can you um you still have to be safe until at least a week post-mortem you still have to wear condoms no i'm saying but as far as the, the contest of like what are the three weirdest things baby you oil to the, uh um, watermelon Gallica. No, that's like just, that's like you just do one of those like pool games where you have to like try to pick up the greasy watermelon. That's not that weird. <laughs> what? You guys never played that? Oh one of the wood, God, one of the so wood family wait, pool wait, games. Wait, this, this, I, I would have thought the is. South has this. I know what you it didn't is. Have this? Yeah, I know what it is. Pick up the greasy watermelon, pick up the watermelon in Vaseline, and dump it in a swimming pool. It's not from the South. It's from it's from. Well, I mean, well, I, I'm from Connecticut originally. Okay, and I, it happened in Connecticut. What? And I have a, I had even talked about it in stand up before, it's and I haven't figured out a way to really make it. 
It's a very wasp beetle. I yeah. didn't know what. I still didn't until you just mentioned it right now. I've never talked to anybody else who knew about it. Yeah, is there a name for it? It's like it's like catching a greased homoerotic uh, watermelon <laughs> attack. Right. I have no idea. I, I think girls are allowed to do it. I think all the kids jump in the pool and try to get the watermelon right, but out. I did a sleepover at my camp when I went to day I day camp. I didn't yeah. want to go. To, I didn't want to go to night. I didn't want to go to real camp because I didn't want to stay overnight anywhere. Okay, like, I didn't want to. Even though I was like maybe eleven or 10 oh, dude, I was terrified of sleepovers. Yeah, so I, I cry. Yeah, I, we had one sleepover which I was already not excited about at the YMCA. It was YMCA take camp. Was it a lock-in? Yeah, it was something where you just stay that, in there. Why that word? It's such a weird... Yeah. yeah. So they had the, that thing. They had everybody, all the... It was all boys, and they, they threw a greased watermelon in the pool, and as far as I was concerned, <laughs> since I didn't have any reference for it, I was like, they've gone crazy. This is some <laughs> yeah. like sex torture game. <laughs> and I... So I just went in the other room and tried to go to sleep, and some... And this... The greased watermelon game had its de- desired effect because a boy came in and stood over my face and took off his took his dick oh. out and swung it in front of my face and just said suck my dick and I'll never forget it and I and he didn't you know he didn't want me to suck his dick he just wanted to terrify right, me and then I just does. was like the world is terrible I mean you know that was and yeah. I was and I was right I was 100% fucking right you the, were you uh, were right that was the goal of that game was to teach yeah. him how terrible and I was supposed to if you want success in this world you've got to go after that grease watermelon you got to grab that grease watermelon yeah <laughs> when Chris Crofton and I met uh, when we first met uh, you were playing in the alcoholic stunt band. Uh huh. The alcohol stunt band. The alcohol stunt band. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Everybody and called it alcoholic. I was an alcoholic too, so it's uh, fine. And I was playing in a band with. I was the guitar player. This this that band where I dropped out of high school. Okay. Right? Uh, the guitar player was a forty year old guy that just wanted to fuck me. Ah, I, like I know exactly. What, yeah, I know that's right. We Remember talked that guy about that. Of course, around. I know. Who, oh, oh God, that guy gave me the creeps so bad, and Dude, he loved. And I had he no loved. Idea. I was, right, I was, right. I was like, a seven. You want me to be your band? He loved yeah, my he band Yeah, he was like this too. older, like Jack White figure. You know, I was like, oh, this is great. It wasn't Jack White. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, can we say his if, first name? If this came out about Jack White. No, no it doesn't matter. It doesn't There's matter. No point. Yeah, He's probably does, dead no, now. Yeah, I He's doubt it. Be dead. I doubt it. He's probably running some cult of boys. He probably has a compound. But this anyway, is, that was he was the first guy I heard about the grease watermelon thing from. No way. Swear to God, because he wanted to have a party. <laughs> oh, of course he okay it's all it's all fitting together now like and it, also in the history of like american swimming pools m- men used to swim naked until like the 60s or 70s in all in schools and public pools like it was a rule men not women men swam naked i just listened to this episode no of, way listen to the dollop it's a great podcast they did a whole episode about the history of swimming pools and mm. for a very for, history of sw- swimming pools you don't want to be in yeah for a variety of reasons that are very suspect uh, the boys were always naked and my dad would tell me about this in high school like, he would have to swim naked in high school gym class oh i got weighed once by my wrestling coach and they, he made us take our underwear of off and I was like how much does underwear weigh right. even when I was like 13 I was like well, this seems like kind of overkill but okay I guess underwear weighs something and it turned out he got later years later he got arrested yeah wow so yeah. imagine if that Greece watermelon period overlapped with the naked swimming period in in our history when the, I'm sure it the did. PE teachers were like on top of all this we're gonna throw in there's a prize if you did grab- you you never had to go in any naked swimming pools, did you? No, no. no. This, this stopped pretty much in the 60s and 70s. Okay. But, God, uh, i got to find out about that. The dollop? Listen to the dollop. It's a great podcast. Wow. Yeah. It's way better that. than this. Come on. Dribble. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I listened to like 10 episodes as I was driving up and down to Portland. Oh, yeah. It's oh, really good. Just real quick, if you want to listen to I have a podcast that we did 163 episodes of in Nashville, which is like doing it in a coal mine. But uh, So we had, I don't know, we had some loyal listeners, but they were all in Nashville, but it was called the Chris Crofton Show. So you can find it at thechriscroftonshow.com, and it's pretty darn good. It's not, it's not as good as this podcast. We're sorry that Canary died, Chris. Yeah. We we like to ask all of our guests this. Uh, do you have, if any, a science background? 
and and even even a class you particularly enjoyed in school or something or uh, a favorite experiment you did anything uh, uh, when I was y- really young, I was into science. I had a science set. I had a chemistry set that had a had a dead uh, dead uh, crayfish in it that I like <laughs> to look at. Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, was I'm not kidding. They gave it, was that just like a box with a? F- no, they gave me. It was like I got it for Christmas. It was like it had a, but it had animals in it, like in formaldehyde to like that, okay. that, that I never like really knew what to do with. In little vials, just, just, just yeah, like, like looking, like sort of. Was it one of those sets that was from that guy that uh, invented a Rector set? That crazy guy? Probably. It was. It was. It was. Look. It was like that. It had a metal box with like a. Yeah. You guys bu- know the guy bubble. I'm talking about. The guy. No. The guy that invented a Rector set. Uh, is that is that same, like Lego? It, how you're, you're. No. No. Well, is that different to Meccano? Because that's what we had in the UK. I don't know. the The guy that invented the Rector set. Okay, so during World War One, uh, the government swooped in. Um, Roosevelt was like the head of. The the head of some Department of Defense or something at the time. So they swooped in and they took over like every factory, you know, during war times. Yeah. They're like, hey, uh, you have a typewriter factory. We need to use your. Part of the reason men had to be naked. Well, that was the reason they gave in the 40s is fabric shortages. But okay. sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so, so that's one of the reasons a pedophile would give. Yeah. Sorry, because of the fabric shortages. Um, <laughs> I don't have a kid on the team. I'm a scout. Yeah. I'm a scout. <laughs> I just have a trench coat and a clipboard. There was a picture in Life magazine of a bunch of boys showering naked after a swim meet. It was like right in there in Life magazine. <laughs> like that's how okay everyone so, was with it. Wow. So uh, this one guy, uh, they they went to any factory that produced like metal and stuff like that. They'd say like, hey, you got to make bombs now. And this one guy was like, nah, man, I make toys. And uh, it's going to ruin Christmas for all these kids. It's mm-hmm. 1915. These kids are going to be super bummed out. And he refused. He absolutely refused and got kind of like blacklisted by the government. Because he refused to convert his factory, but he made erector sets. He's wow. guy invented them, became very successful. But he's who Willy Wonka is based on. No. He's all, yes, because he's also a total fucking lunatic and would come out with these kits because all of his stuff was like educational, like the erector set. And he would come out with these kits and he came out with one called like the nuclear energy kit that actually came with like depleted uranium, like <laughs> small. Yeah. I, I swear I've to God. I've heard of that. I've I swear to that. God. And now it's like without the uranium, yep. it's, it's like 15 grand on eBay because it's such a crazy Americana thing. Right, right. But it comes with like, uh, and he would do like science kits, but just with with like a dead cat, like in the kit. <laughs> oh my God. Like, he was a crazy person, <laughs> but he was like this toy. But he also ty- had a monopoly on all toys. Yeah, like a was toy tycoon, except it for wasn't monopoly. In formaldehyde. The one I got didn't have the the crayfish wasn't in formaldehyde. It was somehow other. It was like, it was falling apart. It was kind of disintegrating. And you could see its insides, and that was really the only thing that I was just like, wow, you know, like, I don't know, I thought thought about mortality or something. That was what the science set did for me. I don't know what that means. But yeah, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I, I, so I, um, I did like science a lot, but then when it came to high school, I just was so, um, I, once I found out, like, everything I loved, once I found out it involved work, I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, archaeology, I wanted to be an archaeologist, and I oh, found, yeah. out, found out you could, had to, like, I just wanted to pull the treasure out and, like, hold it up and... and <laughs> Cash it in and go find more. Did you want a pith helmet? What was your in your head? What was your outfit? Your archaeology outfit? Oh, I don't know. But I dreamt of have, finding a helmet, like a real, like a knight helmet. Like, I heard about someone finding a, a knight helmet in the bushes, like above ground. <laughs> 
like above ground, like still intact. Like it just got yeah. so tangled in the brambles that it stayed intact, like a real knight helmet. Can so I, I kind of dreamt of that. So maybe I'd wear that on the <laughs> while I was working. Can I just say it took me the second time of you saying it for me to realize it was K N I G. Like what the f- what's a knight, knight helmet? helmet? Oh, you don't know about like, those? those helmets you oh. wear at bedtime? <laughs> yeah, that's what you wear when you're naked in the swimming pool. Uh, uh, you better get your knight yeah. helmet on, kids. You clearly <laughs> had no American late. upbringing, Matt. Everyone had a night helmet oh, and yeah. watermelon in back. <laughs> Where's your, you and your, your weird helmet? British you had your morning upbringing. helmet? You had your midday helmet? <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I liked science a lot. I just didn't... Is that like a like your 11th season neckerchief? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Anything I like to do that I found out required work, I just, just didn't want to do anymore. I, I get that. My, mom was, like, my mom was completely just always telling me that I was a genius, and I was like, well, geniuses don't need to do work. And so anything that required work, I was like, I'll just skip to some other thing that a genius can kick ass in without doing, you know, without, and I still haven't found that. Well, well <laughs> geniuses also used to have patrons, which I, I kind of dream of those days when you could be like a Da Vinci type guy and then just some old rich guy that probably wanted to bang you would give you an allowance to just be, or, do or present you. Like, just be like, this is my, this is my painter. Observe right. that everything he's created is for me. Right. Yeah. Well, there was like, a strict separation between like rich guys and 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 artists, and now it's just everybody's an artist. Everybody wants to be an artist. Everybody. I mean, you know, there's no. It's like the rich guy wants to be yeah. a painter. He's not going right, to hire right, some right. great point. I'm just as smart as any old. I mean, I can paint just as well as anybody. Richard Branson syndrome, sort of like, yeah, I'm going to be the billionaire who also takes a balloon around the world. Sure. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. So there's no more of that anymore. I wish but, there was, but my mom. Yeah, she really kind of. That's like, a great point. They used to be like, used to be able to go like, I'm gonna pay Mozart to, I'm gonna have Mozart in my court for three years, right? Yeah, and now, he will create music. And now it's like, I want to be a pop star. Now I'll have my daughter do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't she my, awesome? I, no, she's not. Yes, she is. Okay, I, she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, yes. By the way, I, I just I, I looked up both Erector Set and Alfred Carlton Gilbert, and holy shit. I want to do a whole episode just about all this. This guy, uh, in addition to inventing a retro set, he also broke the world record for consecutive chin-ups in 1900. <laughs> he was a motivator. <laughs> and, the, and the distance record for running long dive in 1902. Oh running long dive. What what was, but what was his weird... Does it have his weird atomic kit? Um, I haven't looked at that, but I, just, I also noticed that uh, an retro set was used by Dr. Kevorkian to design his first assisted suicide machine. Did you Search that, that guy's name My and then... God, a, no. How and then was atomic... He? Kit, but also what I would is running long dive like a long. <laughs> d- <laughs> is that like the long jump that you go head into water? I think yeah, into yeah. water or into sand? Like what is? I don't know. Gosh, you think but, it's just called Atomic? Uh, just search uh, Atomic after that guy's name. <laughs> He's a fucking nutbag. Not seeing it. I really want to. I want to. I want to find out all about this guy. Oh, he's great. I want to see footage of the long running, the, running the last long, running long, long dive championship. Because I like, like so if you look at the old Olympics. Yeah, like some of the f- early sporting events, just don't, like the standing yeah. high jump, which well, no I, longer exists. I mean, like I—that's not any crazier than the running high jump, I yeah. guess. When you think about it, it's, you used to have like uh, tug of war. That would have been an amazing event to watch. Like you can't get more like basic than that. Pitting yep. your country against another country in tug of war—that's great. Also, good good answer if you ever get the trivia question: What sport do you win by going backwards? Oh. There's a few of them: uh, crew or rowing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, any like backstroke swimming true uh, and high jump is one of them although actually backstroke would you really consider that going backwards because your head still crosses before your feet well it's not as if your head crosses before your feet if you're rowing backwards as well okay good point 
And if you're doing tug of war, because you'd be leaning back into the rope. Fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did I just kill all momentum we had? Whatever momen- no. momentum we had. No. Or inertia, rather. Uh, what, do you, no. what do you guys like to say for that in conversation? Momentum or inertia? I'd say momentum. I never say inertia. Because yeah. I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> hmm. I like to stay away from words that I <laughs> have some idea what they mean, but I'm not taking any chances. But it should be momentum. Um, because well, someone was just talking about this, and I hate to always be referencing other podcasts, but uh, Roderick on the Line, another podcast I'm a fan of, he was talking about how he just realized he's using the wrong word for that his whole life, and I was like, no, I think you can. In most cases, you could probably use either one of those, because inertia is just the tendency for something's momentum to be maintained, whether it's zero or non-zero, right? Yes. It's mo- inertia is, actually- is just the is just the the whichever of, of Newton's laws is. Object in motion stays in motion at rest, stays at rest, whatever, right? Yeah, and momentum is just mass times velocity. Right, right. Hmm. I think. Is that right? That's yeah, right. MV. MV is momentum. There we go. It's a very uh, German... I think that's where that was. That came up... They came up with that formula. Um, uh, what, uh, what makes you say that? Well, no, I just it just seems very uh, sort of... A fit. You know what else is big in Germany is chocolate. <laughs> you guys uh, like chocolate? Did you see, who doesn't chocolate? like chocolate? Did you see uh, Norm MacDonald set on Letterman? I uh, did. He talked about Germany. Yeah, just another Germany tie-in. That was very yeah. good. It was that was a great. That all that was great. I don't know how he managed to get like make World War One and World War Two Germany material seem like fresh. But right, he right. did. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> I have a lot of weird World War Two. I think Germany it's great. Stuff. No, it was great. But, but I'm just I, yeah. I don't remember how he got into it. It's like okay, I'm at the farewell show of Letterman. I'm going to talk about well, it's Germany a, and World War One, and it's going to work right, really right. well. Like <laughs> it, I would never think that. I know. Well, it's an absurd uh, enemy to still have in your heart. So when he said, like, you know, I don't trust uh, Germany, you know, it's uh, that already gets a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess that is right away. It's good enough because if you just if you reveal you're enough of a weirdo to still be mad at Germany for World War One, then you're uh, you have the floor kind of thing. Right. I'll listen to that. Um, (laughs) I want to know why. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why uh, World War One and World War Two both actually happened. This really? is going to sound yeah, it's going to sound conspiracy theory ish, but it's true. They were pissed off because when they would eat chocolate, sometimes if you keep it around for long enough, all this weird white stuff gets on it. Yeah, I've seen really? that. I've seen that. What's the weird white shit on the chocolate? Or sometimes I don't know. it just gets like nicked, kind of. It turns white there. If the place where you bit it, yep. like, that yeah, turns yep, white. Yep, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Why? That, do, but then that's permanent. You can't get rid of that that stuff, right? No, you can't get. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Yes, Jesse. Says well, we just got a telegram here at probably Science Compound. Uh huh. It says here you now you can get rid of the white stuff on chocolate. Yeah, yeah. this is crazy. Scientists have figured this out. Uh, <clears throat> so this is a real problem in need of a real solution, not just for chocolate aficionados, but the entire chocolate industry. <laughs> now a group of German scientists say they've used X-rays to figure out the underlying process behind the fat blooming on chocolate in an oh effort to help God. reduce the whiteness. Um. Uh, first things first, <laughs> that white stuff is made up of fats and it's edible. Um, uh, chocolate ingredients don't always stay put. When liquid fats within chocolate migrate to the surface, they can crystallize and form a fat bloom. Uh, the change in texture and appearance are not good ones, though. You know, we've all seen it. We're all weirded out by it. Gross white chocolate. Uh, and the exact processes of these fat blooms haven't been examined in real time. According to this group of researchers from Hamburg University of Technology, the German research center, uh, DESY and Nestle. 
So, so they turn to a high-powered machine, the Petra 3, which captures high-brilliance x-rays to watch what's going on within our favorite suite. So first, here's how they did it. You guys want to know how they did I it? I know how they Fuck did it. Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah. First, the scientists combine the main ingredients of what makes chocolate. That's going to be cocoa, sugar, milk powder, cocoa butter, and love. <laughs> and they ground, up, they ground up the mixture into a fine powder. And then they added a little sunflower oil to wet the mixture. The oil took only seconds to move through the chocolate, and it went into even the tiniest pores. And over a few hours, that oil migrated through the chocolate. The oil that migrated through the chocolate had dissolved the cocoa butter into a liquid and then softened the chocolate as a whole and increased the movements of fats to the surface, so sort of expediting the process. The x-rays captured the action as it showed the pores and fat crystals at a very small scale, down to just a few nanometers. So they've discovered the migration of this liquid fat through the chocolate using the x-rays. So for the first time, we've been able to track in detail the dynamic mechanisms that lead to the creation of fat bloom. Mm. And the method used is uh, known as small angle x-ray scattering and is precisely adapted to real-time investigations of this kind and to observing the structural change caused by moving lipids. Um, The American Chemistry Society... um, they, uh, they published in the Journal of Applied Materials and Interfaces, they pointed to a study as a step to avoiding the dreaded chocolate boom, uh, bloom. Researchers suggested reducing the number of pores within chocolate so fats migrate more slowly or lessening the amount of liquid fats by storing chocolate in cooler temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius. At 5 degrees, basically, all cocoa butter is solid, and above about 36 degrees, everything is liquid. So there's a sign, uh, there's a tendency for us to take the whiteness of spoiled chocolate, but uh, that's incorrect. Um, Can you still eat the chocolate after it's x-rayed? After it's x-rayed, good call. Uh, You can. It has to wear a little lead thing. uh, Yeah, Mm. it could turn you into, it doesn't say whether it's a superhero or supervillain, but it'll be one of you. (laughs) Either way, Chocolate Man is your name, and I feel like you probably should be a superhero because it would be sort of bad press for you not to be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But why can't you just eat the fat bloom? Who cares about the fat bloom? That's the I've thing, eaten some white cho- eat I've eaten some of that white looking chocolate. Yeah. I don't have any money. I got to eat that chocolate whether it's white or not. I feel like it's whenever we would have Easter chocolate bunnies for Easter, they would already be covered in it somehow. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, because yeah. they'd been sitting on a shelf from last yep. year at the, at the warehouse. Yep. They something. look dusty. Yeah. 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 They dust, they ash, ashy-faced bunnies. Yes. Chocolate schmegma. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> um, Kristen Lewis, by the way, was the one who sent that in. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Hang on, was it Kristen Lewis? Um, Kristen something, I've just lost the link. So they figured that out. That's a good thing. I, I think a bigger thing to figure out in food probably is uh, how to not cry like an asshole when you're chopping onions. Sure. Mm-hmm. No one good. likes to look like a little bitch right. when they're making a salad. <laughs> you gotta no. look hard when you're making that. <laughs> yeah. Well, onions make you tear up. We all know that. Um, not well, me. Well, the smart, the smart people over at House Foods Group say they've come up with a way to root out the onion's tear-inducing powers for good. Researchers with the Japanese company have figured out how to weaken the enzymes that play a key role in giving the onions its eye-burning quality. Yeah, fuck you, enzymes. And they were able to do that with bombarding the onion bulb with irradiating ions. And the result is an onion that is less, pogent, uh, less pungent and doesn't have a not-so-pleasant odor on hands or your breath. All this should result in fewer tears and more smiles. Oh, it's very nice of them. Um, uh, hold on. Jesse? Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks, guys. I don't have much to say about that one. I'm not sure. Well, there's well, other are they gonna about like, how they modi- do it with Are the they going to genetically and, modify it? Or is yeah, that of what course th- they are, yeah. That's so they be. can make a no-tears onion? Just no, the same way they made a no-brown apple? Did you, you've heard of, did you guys I talk about that? What, the, there's a no-brown apple? apple? Oh, yeah. They've genetically, they've approved, recently, the FDA approved a 
Lord knows what kind of technique they use to make an apple so it won't turn brown uh-huh. for these maniacs of today who won't eat things unless they look like they are in a picture on Instagram. So they, they're like, you know, that doesn't look like an Instagram picture. That's brown, you know? like And so, like, they instead of being like, fuck you, like, you get you live in the world, you scumbag, they're like, oh, we need to fix the apples. And then they're... But then they, how would you even know what then, parts are bad if you're not, if you are one of those Instagram... They're not bad. No, it's just people. like, they're talking about just for when... Someone when slices oxid, an apple yeah, and dies. they bring it to the it table in a restaurant yeah, or something like because lemon oh. juice can stop that from happening, right? Oh. But this they've approved an apple that will not turn brown, but it will give your children flippers when they're born. Right. Sure, but you know what I mean. I don't they know. Turn I don't know. But it's upside just, down. It seems. Yeah. It seems like yeah. For the moment, you're eating an apple. That I mean, I don't know. Right now, they say it's safe, but who? Anyway, I don't, I'm not too much of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to GMOs. I mean, obviously, it's like. The fact that something is genetically modified doesn't automatically mean it's bad for you. No, it doesn't, I don't automa- it doesn't automatically automatically mean it's good for you either. But it's not as if it's. I just automatically don't know. Yeah, and, I don't and know. Speaking of, I have no, speaking well, of these people knowing. not eat fried apples, fried apples are all brown, delicious. You, you you've fried apples before. You ever That's had fried south, apples? Yeah, in the south, I, I like think, you yeah. slice them up and I'm throw not, them in a deep fryer. No, no, it's not like it's like a cobbler thing. You ever had? Yeah. I've had yes, I've had apple pie apple. and cobbler like fritters. Okay. No, not like fritter. Uh, what if you actually threw uh, apple slices in a deep fryer? They that, must that deep work? fry apples in the I'm south. Sure they deep fry everything. You can also definitely like caramelize them in butter with a bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Like put them in a pan. That's fried apples. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. I, think See, I guess when I picture frying, I'm always picturing deep frying because I'm an idiot. Okay. Yeah. I think no. Just... I was in a hotel once where, for some reason, their breakfast had like uh, potato wedges and apples. That were cooked and looked like that looked identical to potato wedges, but like both on the same plate together, just to annoy you. Like it was just confusing and weird. Like it was weird. Sure, you just every every every, every bite other bite is was a like, oh, surprise. Is this not a good surprise either. Bland. Yeah, if you're expecting one, neither neither one can be. Wait, what was the matter with them? Just like they were the same. Like just... the apples and the potatoes looked identical on this plate. Oh, so the, like the potatoes you just thought were disappointing apples, and the apples were like really just awesome sweet potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, or the other way around. Uh, <laughs> I love going out and getting a nice basket of uh, curly apples. Oh, yeah. Uh, slice them up, you know, like curly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, it? <clears throat> what's going on? I was going to say that uh, <laughs> uh, as long as we're talking about stuff that we're not totally sure where we stand sure. on it. Um, so last week we had Dr. Chris Ryan, the author of Sex at Dawn, on. Yes. And uh, before we even had the episode, we we had mentioned he was going to be on, and we got a lot of listener emails because people are uh, up in arms about the book, and it's explain hard to tell it. how much of that is. Let's give a quick rundown. Okay. Explain, explain his thesis to Chris and I. He, mm-hmm. he believes that the white man is superior. Sure. Um. I do wish I was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, and going off a- the gold standard was the cause for... Uh, <laughs> um, no, he, he, he was, he's putting forth an argument that uh, right now the current accepted... The they call it the standard model. I forgot the ter- what the term for it was. Like the the model that we all buy into uh, is that ma- early man or humans have always been operating in such a way that like men are seeking to lock down a partner so that they're certain that the the children they have that she has are his, mm-hmm. and that uh, and then that man would also like occasionally go off and try to spread his seed other ways. And the woman would uh, be searching for... So he's he's searching for this partner who is like very 
fertile and the woman is searching for a partner who can provide for these children. Um, so she wants a man with resources and then she'll bond to that person in a monogamous relationship. And then also occasionally when she's uh, ovulating, go off and um, have sex with some other high status or, or like, you know, is that super the accepted aggressive. model? Well, that's what he puts forth in the book. And that's one of the complaints is like, well, who says that's the accepted model? Um, it is. It's one of the things that like evolutionary psychology puts forth as the accepted model, which is also interesting because we like Matt and I wanted to do some research before this. So we called some people not we called it Amy Par- Dr. Amy Parrish, sure. the bonobo expert we had on before. Yes. And um, and I was just trying to get to the bottom of like which side of any of this has the most evidence on its side. And uh, Jesse's running away. Bug spray, dog. Oh, okay. Thank you. Good idea. Night recording. Some mosquitoes happening. Um, so, I, yeah, I was asking what the evidence. Oh, is that that's like air bug spray? You think Man, that she does anything? Old time uh, bug spray. Where's that? That looks like it's from 1978. I don't even know. If I it's think still. that's spent. Yeah. Well, we have the uh, we have the stuff we can spray on ourselves. We got plenty of that. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. Sorry for the. Why am I apologizing for the mosquitoes? It's not my. Um. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know where I was. Um, bonobo, okay, so, you're so, the bonobo expert. But, uh, evolutionary psychology, most of its evidence is is literally just those undergrad experiments where they'll have, they'll have like a hot woman go up to random men and say, do you want to have sex right now? And they're like, yeah. And then have a hot guy go up to random women, do you want to have sex right now? No. And then use that to, to sure. justify this standard model. So it's not like there's a ton of evidence that's that's really defending evolutionary psychology so anyway, so that's that's what he says is the standard model, and he puts forth the uh, hypothesis that rather than that, that uh, until agriculture came about, we all lived kind of communally, and no one cared about what's wrong. No, nothing. Okay. Oh, having <laughs> to yawn. Like, I feel like this is going nowhere, guys. No, no. Uh, let's. No, I, no, I, I want to know. Spraying, so let's get back into okay. it because I do have thoughts on this. Okay. So he's he's his basic uh, thing is that before agriculture, we lived as tribes. That no one cared about whose kids were whose. Because, what are you doing? Matt? I don't want any of my skin because it <laughs> it irritated my skin last time we had we recorded at night. So I'm just sprayed a little bit on the table in front of me. It's <laughs> so just a general. It aura. looks like an offering to the mosquito gods. Yeah, Matt. Like, I'm a new person, so I've never you know I've never I've only met Matt a couple times, so I've never seen like what Matt does, but Matt. Does this one weird thing with bug spray? <laughs> <laughs> Where he sprays the table instead of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if Matt comes over to your house and takes some bug spray that you give him, like some off, like at a pool party, if you invite Matt to your pool party and he starts spraying all the furniture and like you and nothing, he doesn't put any. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, should we even? Uh, yes. Yeah, I want to talk about. about it. Yes. Okay, so saying that before agriculture. Um, Everyone was hunter-gatherers, and they lived in tribes, and they were all about the community, um, and they all contributed to the resources, and they all had sex with a bunch of... There wasn't monogamy, and there wasn't the care about whether or not whose kids were whose, because the whole tribe kind of raised all the kids. Um, And that was evolutionarily evolutionarily advantageous anyway, because then the the most like robust sperm of, of the best quote-unquote men in that group ah, robust uh, sperm. they're they're the ones you know because the woman's gonna have sex with a lot of men in the tribe and, me and the Ishmael. one with the best sperm that's the one that's gonna those are the kids so i took me harpoon yeah <laughs> give me a glass of your most robust sperm <laughs> and the, straight up and then the uh the other uh thing is that so agriculture came about and that's when uh possessions came about because you had right. to like lock down this piece of land so that's when like monogamy came about because you would lock down this woman as if she is a possession um, 
and that's only been 10,000 years out of our 200,000 years as a species. So he's saying like, we're still kind of, uh, at, uh, that doesn't work. That's why all monogamy is basically failing. Um, and it, you know, kind of consistently does around the whole yes. world. Um, it does. Is because we're still kind of it lasts wired a little while and then it falls apart. We're wired for that earlier version of how we lived and we, and it, we've just socialized ourselves because of agriculture and possessions to be monogamous. Mm. And then he also says that we should point, I like Dr. Amy Parrish, that we should point to bonobos as much as we should for chimpanzees, for examples of how our behavior uh, is or should be because they're as closely related to us um, as each other or th- that they're equidistant from us. Um, yes. And, and, and the theory that bonobos are more uh, peaceful and um, sexual and sure that chimps are the ones that are like super angry and that we always compare ourselves to. All right. This has gone what, on too long. No, no, what's the uproar? Um, so the what's, uproar, what's the I, that's the thing is like no one actually has specific, no, like are people mad at him for I saying think it's, that I, I think monogamy is bullshit? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like a thing that flies in the face of all these yeah, people conventions. People don't like to hear that even in the face of stats that are like marriage, right. 72% of marriages. But then the, there right. is some well, legitimate he, criticism because he is writing in, in a field that's not his actual area of expertise. Uh, they you, say that he's, uh, he has a PhD, but it's not in this area and that he's cherry picking some evidence. But then I'm writing back to these listeners um, who are very nice to write very long. Like I just engaged in this really long email conversation with uh, Sean Gordon, who is a fan. And he just uh, was saying like, like, you know, you shouldn't feel like this. uh, There's nothing of value in the book. It's just that it's a popular science book before it's, you know, like an academic paper. And it's sort of like Jared Diamond who wrote Guns, Germs and Steel and was writing outside of his area of expertise. And it has some interesting insights, but maybe isn't the most, um, as someone sturdy science, I don't know. As someone that has no area of expertise, mm-hmm. let me offer my two cents. Okay, um, I, I think that it's interesting because uh, we say you know monogamy is not uh, natural or whatever. But I think whatever's natural in a species is just what that species is doing. Well, I mean, uh, but so, his argument is that we, we're doing this thing because we've socialized it, so we're like making ourselves do it. But like our brains are still wired. Um, because of the 190,000 years we spent doing other things. So it's you just, we're not that. satisfied. We're, that's why we're constantly at odds with how we're being forced but, to but live. Because could we, could we not interview, I mean, we can't interview other animals. Uh, like, like you could say penguins mate for life. You have no idea if that male penguin is not like, fuck, I wish I could fuck Well, they actually up. don't. And he didn't have time to talk about that last week. But like March of the Penguins is, is another example of us like anthropomorphizing only the animals that like uh, reinforce what we want to believe about how I, things I just are. think, uh, Okay, for instance, me, I, I uh, tend to get very jealous, which sucks. Mm-hmm. That's on me. Um, you know, that's, that's... That's probably a socialized thing rather than some inherent thing in your well, wiring, not right? Not necessarily. Like, not necessarily. I mean, but, but for me, I've found, as someone that has sampled both male uh, and female types of relationships... Um, <laughs> indoors uh, and outdoors. Indoors and outdoors. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, night helmet, morning helmet. Only yeah, yeah. there, there uh, are two types. All right, go ahead. No, no. I know. Standing up and lying down. I want to know what the two types are. No, I'm talking about uh, open and closed. Oh, okay. Saluting and casual. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Bow and half Windsor. Um. No, I've 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 been in relationships that are very loose and very hey you want to go off and all right right you know and then and then ones that are very very closed and uh, for me the closed works better from a completely logical just whatever point I, and maybe it's just because my sex drive isn't that like ah, I gotta get out there and fuck that other guy I gotta like I could just <laughs> me you, neither you, thanks you, to Zoloft well there you go buddy <laughs> but I'm saying uh well and and me I think it's thanks to these never browning apples. But um, <laughs> you can uh, 
you know, to, to, for me, it's easier just to just uh, just rub one out and deal with it. Just be an adult <laughs> and imagine she's someone else, like the rest of it, <laughs> like the rest of humanity. Well, he's not saying that people shouldn't be monogamous. He's just saying that uh, just know that when it when it is difficult and it's going to be, oh yeah, there might be a good reason for that. Of course, that it's not some that we shouldn't feel like we are all uh, yeah. somehow failing because we're not doing this thing that we're said that's that one said thing, to be totally natural. And oh, I agree. That's one thing he said early in the episode, which I liked because we've talked about non-monogamy before on the show, and we had yeah. at least one listener write in saying that uh, they felt in a way like we were claiming that that their monogamous relationship was less valid. Yeah, that's not... Uh, and he, he made the point, like, he was like, I'm not... Just because I'm saying we might be built, not be directly built to do that over right. many years of evolution doesn't mean that we can't do that in the same way that we're not naturally vegetarian, but we can choose to be vegetarian. Exactly. I, I mean, I prefer monogamous relationships that's just me that's because i suck at dealing with the other end of it you know i suck at dealing with the other emotions that come with it um and it's not as if even these open relationships you're talking about are are similar to how we would have been living before of course like they'd also be weirdly yeah yeah, i mean there's been well ten thousand years of social shit put on it so who knows i mean it's so hard for me to disconnect what is what what is nature what is nurture yeah Um, yeah because if you had a village full of people that you trusted and always hung out with and right you did everything together then you you might not be so. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't, you didn't, be, a, wouldn't like, be a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it wasn't like people had sex with lots of strangers. And it was no outside this people. Group. It's right. not like yeah, outside yeah. people came around because you you drive them away. So it was like you had this. You'd, you'd be sharing them with like your family, basically. Well, it would also be a thing that wasn't private. I mean, up until fairly recently, you know, even during the during the Middle Ages and whatnot. I mean, everyone would live in one room. You'd live in one room on the same pile of hay, and people mm-hmm. you're. You know, you'd see your parents fucking all the time or whatever. God, is that true? Yeah, you you don't you, you had to. Didn't they? They didn't even <laughs> put the kids outside or anything. Why would they let the kids outside instead of they go outside? Well, either I just think because they'd want to be on the hay. Don't you want to be on something soft? <laughs> you take a roll in the hay. That's incredible. I want to know more about that. What did anybody here had hay sex? By the way. No. No, 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 I've had no, very little. No, no, nor have I. I'm just mostly curious. I've had normal sex if I was lucky. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The hay always—it's similar to getting paper cuts. It's very. Uh, but yeah, I like want to know sex. about like that. That's interesting. That like, you well, know. So, what if you get the one that has a needle in it? Right. It's an yeah. amazing. It's an amazing. It's an amazing question, really, because it, if you think of your mind, it go, goes crazy when you think about all the different ways people have lived, and yeah. uh, we're just so caught up in the last like two minutes of 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 the world, which is like the last. Right. You know, yeah. Whatever. Everybody just is like, this is the way. Anyway, I'm getting uh, no, no, philosophical, but and I wanted to get even more philosophical about like yeah, what obligation we have on this show as far as scientific correctness goes, because I don't want to be, you know, we know we it's called probably science, like we're not scientists, but we do like to put forth as accurate information as of we course. can, and uh, it's like I don't know how much work we're obligated to, like how many different sources we're obligated to check against one another you know like i feel like and even the, just talking well, along to, the same lines there's the nasa story that i oh, i'm even reluctant to bring it up this week because oh, i have the, no the em drive yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well we'll talk about that in a second i i just i just think that uh this is one of those things where the jury's clearly still out and yeah. it's okay for the jury to be out and, and I, I was, our I, responsibility I, isn't to have the answer to that right right but i mean there's just but all the when i'm googling just the criticisms of Sex at Dawn, everything is so vague. And I'm like, well, he puts forth like three main points. So just are the refutations of those main points? Is there a refutation about uh, how we how we behaved pre-agriculture? 
is the refutation. And like basically, when I'm writing back with these listeners about it, they're like, well, no, no one's really arguing with his main points. It's just the degree to which, like, bonobos, maybe it's been exaggerated how peaceful they are. They aren't always peaceful. It's like, well, okay, maybe they're not, the, you know, yes, no one's saying they're always peaceful, but like they are more peaceful than chimpanzees and they are as closely related to us. So, like, that's worth noting. And then people are doubting some of the, um, which other things? Uh, oh, oh, just whether bonobos have even been observed in the wild. Like one listener sent in an article where oh, someone so quoted an anonymous primatologist saying, actually, bonobos have never been, exper- been observed mating in the wild. Like, first of all, why would this guy be anonymous? Why would this I was expert about to say, they're anonymous primatologists? It depends on his methods. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, we talked <laughs> to very Dr. Very Parrish. controversial primatologist. Very, very controversial. Like, no, very weird I have first Dressed as observed. a bush, like moving closer to the... Yeah. Well, did you, did you, the doctor you spoke she, to, did she, she was she saying say she has observed them mating in the wild. So it's just not true to say why they've only been observed in captivity. Why do bonobos get so much less press than and, uh, chimpanzees because the they don't are more fascinating. They don't smile are, like that. The fake smile. Yeah, because nah, they're not. Chimps are violent. They do in fantasy. There's a lot more yeah. of them as well, right. and they're easier yeah. to find. Yeah. Can right. you teach a bonobo to uh, roller skate and shoot cap guns? I think you can. Probably. Hmm. But then it's going to be like jacking off the whole time. Right. <laughs> Talking okay. about that C O M E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I just don't know, I what, don't know what that means. Callback Central. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, um, I, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think monogamy is uh, ingrained in us as what we're supposed to be doing. I think it's absolutely uh, a societal. It's just like when you think about how often it fails. Like that can't be just because we're all everyone in the world is a bad person. Well, no, like, no, no, it doesn't I, make I, any sense. I, I think it's absolutely a societal thing. Som- <laughs> I, sometimes I think societal things though are what we are as people, uh, in the sense of I like, get what you're saying. Like yeah. I'm. Uh, um, Murder may be more naturally natural to us, or rape may be more natural to us than we think. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm super pumped we have those laws in place. As and, and now, but now, not just laws, but also also culturally cultural things, cultural negativity towards those things yeah, that are deeply ingrained in right. us. And that's and that's good. You know, that's good. Um, yeah, and that turns it. But that- you know, things like simple sex with I mean, that's fairly harmless. So. Then it's like, well, there there should be less cultural stuff on this since we're no longer um, uh, when you marry someone, they're no longer your property. Right. You know, so so perhaps that should be way less cultural. Well, if evol- it's so hard for me to separate in my head. If I- evolution is correct, then if like then 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 nurture has to have something to do with it, because if the people who accept the the social mores of the day are more likely to succeed and pass on their their genetics. Well, is that, see that's a is thing. that not true? I don't even know if people have agreed that we can apply any of the ideas of evolution to our like high think high level thinking as the current versions of humans that we are. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I just no. mean like I don't like think I don't think people have have accepted that. Use like, all new words. Well, the, <sighs> the uh, what am I trying to say? Sorry, go ahead. Chris. I'll just oh, I'll just get to the end of the, the what I was saying was 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 I have certain friends who who have been that I know for a fact have been married for, I mean for a long time and been at least almost completely faithful to their wives yeah now I also know hey, friends that's good enough I also know <laughs> friends <laughs> no no I don't know Let me I, mean, tell you something. I don't want to say like I know for a fact because I mean yeah. I, my friends would tell two me two out of three branches of government ain't bad that's so, like no, favorite right, line right, in any say, movie let me say I know a couple guys that I think have been completely faithful to their wives how about that you know um, but then I think that those people 
I can I can say safely that there are other guys I know that could never do that, and I feel right. like that's partly built into them. But those guys didn't have kids because they've been out having sex with random people and having having abortions and things like that. Where this guy that I know, for example, that I'm thinking of, has stayed faithful to his wife. They've raised two great kids, and those kids are going to go on to succeed and pass on possibly more mellow sexuality. That's my that's my pitch. There. That's my the other stuff's idea. also not natural. That's what I mean. It's so we we would have to everything would have to be equal playing field because things like uh, I I know we've always had. I mean, look, I uh, pulling out has not just occurred to humans. You know what I mean? Like that. Uh, well, other other think, animals yeah, have I, birth control. I don't think other animals know that there's a correlation between mating and uh, and and offspring. That, Do you think other animals I, I think know that there's a correlation? Of course. Really. Absolutely. Like the, which animals? Uh, polar, I can tell pol- you a few. <laughs> uh, uh, polar bears, for sure. They know that mating leads to a, a, a baby polar bear later on. Yeah, dude. Most animals I, do. Really? Like you have I to. It's, no, I mean it's. <laughs> I mean, I, again, really, yeah, you're giving I, me. I the, literally don't know. You're giving me the fist the, on the chin face. The, 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 do you think they connect the eating and shitting? Face. Uh, yeah, I think they do, Matt. Because <laughs> when you, when when it's okay. Uh, when you're a walrus, all right, or an Eggman, or an Eggman, um, <laughs> or a Cuckoo Chew, if yeah. you if you're dripping from a dead dog's eye, um, no, if you're a walrus and suddenly you are like, oh fuck, dude, I really feel like going to Greenland uh, and being on the shore. Don't know why. I'm just hanging out down here, but uh, really need to get to the shore in Greenland. You go up there and you're like, holy fuck, every other walrus is here too. Yeah, that chick looks pretty nice in the poon area. I'm gonna get over there, and then other poon dudes, area. and then other dudes are like, "I want that girl's poon area," and you're like, "That's why I have these tusks." <laughs> and then you have to fight, right? And then, <laughs> and then you do it. Well, the female like immediately after mating starts building the den, starts doing the stuff, and that's what I mean about like polar bears. It's like immediate. They plan everything around like. Oh, I just got fucked. I have to eat twice as much my body weight so I can make it through this winter. But you're applying just human remember style high level thinking to it. It's not. Yeah, I've just remembered that yesterday at Andy's party. Uh, happy birthday, Andy! Thank you. Mm-hmm. But when we when we were at the bar, Jesse told me that while he was convalescing for his recent illness, mm-hmm. he watched every David Attenborough documentary. On I the did. <laughs> I did. And there I just are. Said, like, Why does he suddenly know all this polar? Oh yeah. Well, Arctic animals particularly fascinate me. Um, also, because like we might be the last sort of century that even gets that. But um, yeah, I th- I think I think you know like this this is where the babies the babies come from. I don't I think, just think the word a- no we're, we're using differently. Okay, what do you mean no? I think there's just an instinct that kicks in. I don't think there's any high level thinking where it's like oh baby's coming soon. It's just these are the actions that start happening. You know what I mean? Well, lots of animals prepare very heavily for childbirth. Yes, but it doesn't mean that they are, like, consciously thinking about... Well, what would you call what you do then? Did you have to get the birds and the bees talk or you'd never figure it out? I'm saying, like, humans have a different... Humans have this frontal lobe that's highly developed that those polar bears don't have. Those walrus, those walri. Walri. Sure. Uh, I just think, like, instincts are not the same as as, uh, cognitive processes. Let me just tell you real Mm. quick... uh, Now, therein lies quite the... the, Therein lies the struggle. Therein lies the rub. I just want to mention that I I previously liked walruses. I had nothing against them. But now that I found out they call it the poon area, I don't don't like them. They call it. That is weird of them to call it that. I feel like they're allowed to call it that. I don't know if you're allowed to call it that, I'm not a fan anymore now that I know they call it that. Yeah. Well, I know they did take that word back, and I shouldn't be using it. But, um... Uh, no, walruses. Obviously, yeah, the p word among walruses is. Well, it all started because the harpoon. 
And uh, okay. yeah, obviously in the uh, Arctic, yeah, you know, sperm oh whales, things God. like that. Yeah. And, I had uh, no idea. I, I had a tweet about how uh, Joanna Newsome, now that, that's some harpoon. <laughs> right, guys? Hey. What? Hey. Right, oh, my okay. God. So you apologies to Andrew Did you get Joanna Newsome reference <laughs> in the middle of that? I know I was not ready for that. Great job. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, the jury's still out in my head on how much instinct uh, is still, how much cognitive thought is still being applied to instinct. Yeah, and I'll admit that I'm not an yeah. expert on this. Obviously, I'm not an expert on anything. Uh, um, I. But I just feel like that's different. And uh, if listeners want to write in about that, you can always email us, probablyscience at gmail.com, and I'll get in a long winded. Any polar bears. Any polar bears listening? Are listening. Right. Like they tweet more or than walruses. Emails. The polar bears can tweet us at probablyscience. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, Instinctually prepping for. Hmm. Yes. I, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, I'm well, going to have spe- to think about it more. Well, I don't know. Well, speaking of things we don't know, yes. This EM drive we brought up a while back on the show. Yeah, it was we did. Controversial because it seems impossible. I hate EMD. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What <laughs> Worst it, festivals. I mean, you got you know all these kids and they go with their glow sticks. I work mm-hmm. for a ticket agency right now here in California Is that it, uh, does tickets exclusively stub? for exclusively for. I'm not going to mention who they are, but what else they, could it be than electro stub? It's not electro stub. It's okay. not electro stub. I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm being serious. <laughs> I don't know these but words. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, I could be dub? lying. I could be lying too, but it's not electro stub. So dub hub. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. First of wow, all, wow, why do you wow. know these? Uh, second of all, uh, you've indicted yourself by knowing what these are. That's the busy signal if you can't get through. <laughs> but anyway, you're right. <laughs> oh, I'm just on hold again. Anyway, the, the, the stereotypes you would think apply to people who like EDM apply to people who like EDM. Oh, yeah. The people t- who call up are unbelievable. They're just like, I don't know what ticket I bought for what or when, and I need you to tell me. Now, uh, I think I got it six months ago, but I can't remember it because I bought a lot of stuff between now and then. It's like that <laughs> kind like, of thing. What's your name, sir? It's like uh, that kind of thing. Generator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see their emails. Their emails are like, yeah, whatever they are. I don't even know. Throwing star, right. throwing star, booty attack, <laughs> 1648 at att.net. I mean, like crazy, <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah. services too, like at boomglow.net or whatever. You know, it's like, I don't know what... <laughs> It's like a whole different universe of wow. people who seem to have diminished intelligence to me. But uh, if you're but an you EDM know, fan and you listen to the podcast, I'll probably never be on it again. So I'm sorry about that. Oh, sure you will, buddy. And I don't. I don't think we have many EDM fans that are listening. We probably I, do have some I EM we fans. Do. We have though. EMD fans. And also oh EMD. yeah. Uh, yes, uh, last year NASA's Advanced Propulsion Research Wing made headlines by announcing the successful test of a physics-defying electromagnetic electromagnetic drive or EM drive. Um, and this was controversial because, like, traditionally to propel yourself, you have to, like, thrust something that has some mass out behind you, right? Rocket fuel has to shoot out the back for you to go this way. Yeah, pre-agriculture. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we don't propel like that anymore, bro. Uh, now this futuristic engine, which could, in theory, propel objects at near relativistic speeds, has been shown to work inside a space-like vacuum. Um, NASA EagleWorks made the announcement quite unassumingly via nasaspaceflight.com. There's also a major discussion going on about the engine and the physics that drives it at the site's forum, which we'll link to over on probablyscience.com. Yeah, both Willow Mirror and Morgan Perrine sent this in. Yeah, it's it's Thanks sort of that in, guys. It's now being tested in a vacuum. That's the big story. So they've tested it in a, in vacuum conditions, and it seems to work. And it seems to here's yeah. The controversial thing is it doesn't seem to obey the laws of conservation and momentum in that something's moving forward but nothing's going out the back. So it feels. Like, generally, mm. the amount of momentum that... If a certain amount of momentum is going in one di- is 
in one direction, there should be a matching thing in the opposite direction. Right. Was um, this like related related to when my dad couldn't walk across the den without farting? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's what's driving him forward. So right. the fart is is Same deal. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So this is. This is more like when your mom would get on her knees and make the sucking motion towards your dad, and he would just float across the den. Dear God. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. I don't know what yeah. that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, here's how, how according to um, NASA Eagle Works scientist Harold White, the EM drive's thrust was due to the quantum vacuum, the quantum state with the lowest possible energy, behaving like propellant ions behave in a magno, magneto-hydrodynamics drive, which is a method... This uh, is an X-Men trailer. Electrifying propellant and then directing it with magnetic fields to push a spacecraft in the opposite direction for spacecraft propulsion. So so rather than pushing Yeah, so rather than pushing something out the back, whether that's ions or right. propellant, like in a traditional rocket, obviously like propellant comes out the back. So, sure. Um or in a mag in a magneto hydrodynamics drive, then ions get pushed out. Instead, um uh it creates some kind of quantum vacuum that sucks it. Right in front of it, it creates a forward. it creates a front suck. Um, wow! It's sucking itself forward. That's amazing. I get that. You know, sure. See, the trouble with the theory was uh, <laughs> it, it might not have worked in a closed sure. vacuum. And after last year's test of the engine, which I'll weren't performed that. in a vacuum, skeptics argued that the measured thrust was attributable to environmental conditions external to the drive, such what, as put it in eight pound auric. Yeah. What is this thing? Is this thing how small is this thing? So then this. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? I don't know. That was a nor- New England... Uh, it's a New England guy that's got vacuum, vacuum salesman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What, you want a fucking Hoover? You want the Auric? Come on, kid. Make a decision. Just suck up the shit on the floor. suck. You say that to me one more time, I'm going to slap your mouth. So this... <laughs> this so, also, some sort of front sucking? <laughs> say that again. Um, no, Dad, I'm a scientist. <laughs> Dad, I'm serious. It's going to change everything. Perpetual motion, kid. Oh, Front suck. Man. Sounds wicked <laughs> right, queer, kid. <laughs> kid, Kapow. I don't care about your Nobel Prize. You Kapow. sound a wicked fucking queer right now. <laughs> nah, Dad, it's a front sucker. <laughs> uh, my son's working on a... Wouldn't be more proud of the He's boy. He's doing real well, but I don't want to <laughs> talk about what it is. Vehicle. It's a thing. It's, it's a, a, front, a mechanic. Uh, he does a, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting the union. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to you guys I can't about talk this. to you guys anymore. It's, it's been fun. <laughs> you say, you say front... into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, you say front suck one more time in this break room. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> to... That's my boy you're talking about. And you're going to be wearing that soda machine. He won like that Nobel hat. Prize, and we went up with a big Gatorade thing full of fucking chowder, and we poured it all over it. Let <laughs> me tell you something about that kid. He invented the front sucking. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. I'm the father of the front suck kid. Oh, yeah. Good. You want to make something of it? You oh. want to make something of it? We were in the paper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so quantum vacuums. Okay, so yeah, they did it last year, not in a vacuum, and they, people were like, well, environmental conditions Wait, no, might have affected these results, so let's see if you can actually do it in a vacuum. Um, and then uh, the NASA Spaceflight.com group has given consideration to whether the experimental measurements of thrust force were the result of an artifact. Despite considerable effort within that forum to dismiss the reported thrust as an artifact, the EM drive results have yet to be falsified. Um, after consistent reports of thrust measurements from EM drive experiments in the US, UK, and China at thrust levels several thousand times in excess of a photon rocket, and now under hard vacuum conditions, the question of where the thrust is coming from deserves serious inquiry. Yeah. 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 Then, the article then does. the article then gets kind of a little bit ahead of itself and starts with all of these ones. They start going, well, if it does work, 
Uh, EM drives could be used on multi-generational spaceships for interstellar travel. A journey to Alpha Centauri, which is just 4.3 light years away, would, would be doable. Um, an EM drive working under a constant 1 mg acceleration would propel a ship to about 9.4% of the speed of light, wow. resulting in a total travel time of 92 years. But that's without the need for deceleration. So if you want to make a stop at Alpha <laughs> Centauri, you need to add an extra 38 years to the trip. Naturally. But that's still very little that's, by... That's pretty fucking quick. I, I mean, I... Uh, obviously, at some point soon, this just ends like the mist. Some I sort forgot of, how that ended. The book or the mo- movie? Because it was the, different, right? The movie, the Thomas Jane movie. Obviously, some sort of weird dimension full of Cthulhu creatures okay. is going to yep. be opened yep. up because of yep. one of these things. Yeah, that's um, like that's incredibly taken over a shopping mall or a grocery store. <laughs> what was Holy it? Fuck, yeah. kid! <laughs> fucking tentacle monsters <laughs> coming for the chowder! <laughs> get your fucking rake, mom! Quit shaking your fucking clam over there and get the rake. Uh, <laughs> we got the, a, the front. Something came out of the front suck. We got some kind of Cthulhu octopus over in the produce section going on here. What's holy? It's like a fucking Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> holy fuck, kid! I don't even know what's happening. Right, there, buddy. Um, but uh, I think that that is tr- that is one of those things where it's like, okay, so now they figured this. They figured out this thing that they can get you to wherever you said. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know the the what is it the Alpha Centauri? The Alpha Centauri. Yeah, you can get there in a hundred years, which still sounds like a long time, but. Mm-hmm. But that means that, you know, people who say, oh, these UFO sightings are bullshit because it's too far. I mean, if us, if we've being, already we, we were gotten... only industrialized in like the 19th century, so it's like if we already figured out this. Right, add a thousand years to that for yeah, any culture. Then, you know, right. I think maybe it's believable that we could be visited by aliens. It could be believable. Sure. I would just be suspicious of why they, they would come and then not go that last step and actually make themselves I think that is, known, that is weird yeah. too. that is weird too yeah well obviously the prime directive Andy yes everyone knows the prime directive universe wide so well that's, I, that's I, uh, I, bros before hoes right yeah the okay. universe yeah, universal yeah. universal code I uh, was thinking about this recently um, it blows when you talk about things like aliens things things like that um, I don't understand how any incumbent president has ever lost an election because when they're the de- day before the election, they could just well no I during the debates even okay. like like when Mitt Romney was debating Barack Obama and it was like close there for a minute like Obama might lose his yeah. second term right and Romney's saying stuff like and and when China acts up we're going to be there to act why didn't Obama just say like well uh, Mr Romney does not know that we are in a secret pact with Mars to <laughs> not like uh, <laughs> like you could make up anything because that other guy doesn't know the stuff you know yet yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be like, well, China has nukes, and I assure you it's okay because of the invisible dome that is covering the... Like, there's so much We've got an alien corpse. Uh, Can I see it? Uh, In January, I can show it to you. Um, If you win. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean... I mean, what's he but doing about know, Ebola? We have cured. Uh, I, it's like I have actually stopped super Ebola AIDS, <laughs> and we could not tell the public for fear of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just... Thank you, Obama. Thank yeah, you for yeah. stopping those things. Thanks, man. No, I just it just blows my mind how anyone could this could stuff lose. Also, if I ever became president, and it's never going to happen, um, don't you say on, that about yourself, Jesse? Starting, Jesse. To up, starting to give up on Jesse. Don't you if say Ted that, Ted Cruz? Because you were born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Not now. It's okay, right? Wait, what's the reason why Ted Cruz can run again? Magic. I don't know. Because okay. he's 
He's, I don't know why. I don't know, because he's know. just a monster. Um, agreed. Uh, but I think that uh, I would probably be bummed out the stuff you learn in the first day. Because I would, I would immediately be like, all right, all the secret agencies, everybody get in here. Let's yeah. go. Bring me some stuff. I want to know what's up. You know, and I would be expecting conspiracy Area city. 57 stuff. 51. What is it? 51. 51. Sure. Um, 57. Heinz, I was about to say, that's, Heinz, the, yeah, that's the Heinz secret facility. That's which is, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's under the desert in Arizona. It's uh, sun-dried tomatoes. where they make the relish. <laughs> <laughs> Area 57. Take an elevator for like 10 minutes like to the it's heart of your Why are you they hiding tell this? You, man. No one cares about this. Why do you have this elaborate... It's just vinegar. You want to leave? You want to leave? No, I want to see it. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just get to the bottom of the elevator. Just some guy whispers, turmeric. Like that's all it was. Or turmeric. How do you say that word? You know, you don't remember. Yeah, I'd probably be, I'd probably be, bum- be bummed at the lack of, you know... Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, sure I'm, we don't I'm, know uh, anything, anything that cool. Because how could all these presidents have kept, kept when they can't, you know, like just ineptitude in general with conspiracies shows that people can't keep secrets. So well, stuff would have gotten out. But it's always in the government's best interest to keep conspiracies going or at least not deflate them that much because it still implies control. That's true. Like, uh, why, why is the, the, you wouldn't deny something that hard because I think the ultimate conspiracy is that no one knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And it's paper thin. I oh, was, yeah. tweeted something yesterday or the day before about... Um, so conspiracy theorists think that the government can make thousands of people keep the same secret, but can't get people who are already in space to the moon. Like that's so like it's so much easier to get people who are already in space to the moon yeah. than it is to get thousands of people to do the same lie and never break it. Well, and have like journalists involved? Have all these people with incentive to? tell the truth about the thing because they'd be the hero but for breaking whatever yeah. I have one quick uh, dissenting opinion on that sure. and that is uh, in relation to the recent um, um, what's his name uh, the guy who Seymour uh, uh, Hirsch the guy who just who just wrote the the uh, uh, the article about Obama he, he about Obama uh, fake giving fake details about the killing of uh, bin Laden, of Laden. Bin Laden. right and uh um, it was interesting because a lot of journalists who I would assume are just mad that they didn't, they don't do, most American journalists don't do shit except just repeat what the government says. And they often quote anonymous sources. And one of the first things they said was, well, this is a, based on an anonymous source, which was so weird. It's like, that's totally normal. Um, and the other thing was, um, they use the thing where it's like, if this was true, how would they have kept it a secret? Because the government is inept right. and all that. But um, there, it was an interesting thing because Daniel Ellsworth, the guy who who leaked the Pentagon Papers, mm-hmm. was saying that's a dangerous sort of thing that the government relies on as a, as a cover because... Now, I can't think of the provable times that they've been able to keep really big secrets, but... Like for example, the the Iraq, like the intelligence before the Iraq War, yeah. um, they were able to at least pretty well use that sort of. I don't know. It's just sort of like what was brought to my attention is that that can be a good weapon for the government as well because they can say like, yeah, right, we could keep that secret. But what Daniel Ellsworth was saying is, in a culture where they're putting people in prison for, where they're putting journalists in prison, like now for like, hey, you got to tell us who the FBI source was that you used for your article, or you're going to jail. I mean, there there becomes, I think, in America right now, and this is just 
Sure. This is just what I care about. This mm-hmm. is the kind of shit I care about. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I drink a lot of coffee and just get really <laughs> mad. That's basically what I do. I just get mad right. and live in an apartment with burn marks. Um, um, <laughs> great bio. <laughs> it's a, yeah. He's it's mad. An amazing, it's an amazing thing. It works great on Tinder. It's my Tinder bio. Um, Swipe right on the swipe, swipe right on the angry caffeinated guy. Under the rug, so yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, I, I just I think that's an interesting uh, thing because it's. Uh, uh, You're saying the government uses this um, this uh, line that like eh, we wouldn't be able to keep that secret. Well, they to like keep stuff it. Secret. They like it because people tend to um, think there are fewer big secrets because they couldn't have kept them, and therefore they can keep those secrets more easily. And there, and also that there are more people that 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 that, that will. Sort of say things like, I mean, James Clapper went in front of the the Senate and said that there was no mass collection of of phone data. Oh, that's the main thing. That's what I was trying to think of. Watch, okay. just watch United States of Secrets on Frontline, and uh, and you'll be amazed at how they were able to keep because there used to be up until the early seven uh, when the when they made the shift after the early seventies when they found out that J, J Edgar Hoover had been. They found out about Watergate, but they also found out that J. Edgar Hoover had been and following around Martin Luther King yeah, and following yeah. around all these people. They made a firm, real line in that agency where they were not allowed to look inward. All their intelligence gathering was supposed to be outward. It was not supposed to be into the United States. Mm. And so when they they kept it from top agents in that agency, they were able to keep it from most of the people in the agency that they were doing this. Right. So that was the point. Anyway, just, just the point that... that they were able to keep that phone data thing secret, and that's just a good example of something that I think usually people would say, how could they, they have done have gotten, that? And yeah. they did it. They did it for 10 years. Until until Snowden put that out, they were getting away with James Clapper going in front of the Senate committee and saying, this is not happening. Yeah. We are not, explicitly not doing this. And it took Edward Snowden to blow that open. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he got all the media... Most a lot of the media was like, "Shut the fuck up," you know what I mean? You're a traitor, and it's like, "Well, not well." I don't know. Actually, he just made you look kind of bad. Like that, yeah. that, he knew about something that you didn't know about for that was going on for ten years, right? And that's the end of my. I'm, my yeah, I'm, I'm not a Crofton's of, political corner. <laughs> but I mean, there are some things obviously that are that do need to be kept completely secret. Oh yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not arguing know, the moral. I'm not saying that, that this is one of them. This was a good policy. I'm just saying like there there is there is a line, and some people don't want to admit that there ever is an appropriate time to be collecting data and being secretive. And like there I'm, are times. That's all. You know, it's. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I I do think though that that uh, there are some secrets they keep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They got some fucking alien streets corpses. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh... no. I I agree, but but I I think uh, the incredible amount of bureaucracy involved, the incredible amount of uh, I don't know if you guys saw that Rumsfeld documentary, but just the amount of memos and shit he would send. Oh he, yeah, millions like, of. He them. would put out more just paper than anyone else. And he's there's a lunatic. There's a total lunatic. But there's so, there's so much stuff. Wow. Where I think it would be pretty easy for anything to for you to claim deny for you to deny responsibility. That's what they're looking for. Is like, okay, how much responsibility can you deny? How can you keep this as small as possible? Um, and it's like a you know almost like a reverse pyramid scheme of like I I don't think that many people have to be involved with something like the WMD reports in Iraq. I don't think that's a thousand person conspiracy. I think that's like seven people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's that's easy. Especially if people watch rockets take off and follow them 
in mission control and oh yeah the moon thing is like that those to me that that's where like conspiracy theories get ridiculous the other stuff it's just sort of like let's just choose to not tell the public this wait Uh, what about the moon conspiracy theories are ridiculous (laughs) <laughs> well you don't know who you're dealing with yes. over here uh, you can see the wind uh, you don't you don't you don't know who man it takes nothing for me to get on board with these things until i have a girlfriend i am a hundred percent behind every conspiracy theory there is i love it, I love it. area 57 oh my god that's my girlfriend i mean my girlfriend is the moon conspiracy <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm like, hell yeah, Like, read all that stuff. It's so much more interesting than loneliness. I'm married to my work, and my work is insanity. <laughs> I agree. Got some more research to do tonight. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you sure you don't want to come out to the bar? Research. I'm doing important work here. <laughs> While all you fools are doing Jaeger bombs, drinking, you know, I'm, I'm breaking. I know. Which the, helmet the, the are you wearing? Do you, know, you ever think about why the moon spins? Hello, why the moon doesn't spin? Title Hello. lock. Yeah, Hello. I asked an astronomer friend of mine. I know the answer, actually. I just found that out recently. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's called title lock, because I was like, what are the chances that a moon's day would be the same as its year, and it, so it would always be facing us the same way, you know? Right. Like, what well, happens a lot with orbiting bodies eventually over time, because... Because it's a fake satellite. It's a man-made... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, or it's because the moon is actually a little bit wider in the direction of, uh, like, straight... Uh, to us like eventually something will get sucked because of the earth's gravity it'll become distended and then it wouldn't make sense for it to keep um spinning like it just gets locked because can you imagine if it was super long it would obviously keep um it would be uh, why are you talking first of all why are you talking bad about my girlfriend yeah what i'm saying it would be yeah no i totally get it it would be more stable to be lined up to be lined up along the axis but i never knew that and i was i was drunk uh with some um Caltech astronomers looking up at the moon one night, and I was like, "Why is wait? Why have I never looked this up before?" And like, "Oh yeah, it's called tidal lock." And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." Thank well, you, that astronomer, and thank yes. you, some other people. Yay. Oh yes, we haven't thanked. There it is. We have some people who've donated. In fact, we have quite a few people because we haven't had a chance to donate. Uh, sorry to catch up on this in a couple of weeks. We love all of you and appreciate it. Matthew greatly. Arnold, your continuing donation has monthly. come through. Thank you very much, Thanks, Justin buddy. Broad. Very generous monthly Justin. donation. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, buddy. And also generous donations from Caroline Laco and uh, Paolo Saez Navarro. Got those coming through. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Madison Martinez. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brooks Gilmore. And, oh, Brooks. thank you so much, Caroline Laco. That's very generous of you. And Paul Freeland as well. Thank All you, Paul. All those guys have uh, monthly donations set up through PayPal. You can just go to probablyscience.com and click on Donate. That's and awesome. Ha- but also we have some single-time have donations. some single-time donations. I can't believe this. Uh, Jonathan Wig has written in uh, uh, with a donation. We want to say thank you so much, Jonathan. Jonathan's a researcher from the Center for Eye Research in Australia. And he has a quick question. Uh, did we ever get our roommate the DMT? Yes, we did. But you did? <laughs> yeah, oh. We discussed it on the Amy Parrish episode. Oh, I, I we, forgot. We talked about it in the live show. Did we? Oh, okay. When did he do it? Did he tell you what it was like? I didn't. I didn't know. But uh, but way I got him way too much. I mean, oh. it was it was uh, it was weird. He's he's now, um, he's just started wearing robes to the grocery store now. He just goes <laughs> oh, in his robe. No. So that's where we're at. Did we tell on air about how he sells our lemons to the Mexican place around the corner to get free food? He's harvests so our restaurant? trees to yeah, sell. He harvests yeah, our yeah. trees to yeah. Is oh, that no. post? Is that post DMT? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when the DMT happened. Jonathan Waltz. Jonathan Waltz donated specifically because of the RNA DNA Wu Tang uh, joke from the Rice Silverman episode. Well, thank you, Jonathan Waltz. Mm-hmm. Thanks for writing in, and thank you so much for the donation. Uh, you can donate if you go to probablyscience.com and click on the donate button. Donate through PayPal. You can also help us out if you go to Amazon. If you're shopping anything from anything on Amazon, click through our link first. In fact, if you really want to make it easier, 
set our link on our website as your Amazon bookmark, and hey, then you'll never forget to use it. That's the way to do it. And um, I don't know how hairy your faces are right now. What are you talking about? Well, I could use a little trim. Use a little trim? Mm-hmm. Nah, well, well, I would, guys, but uh, every razor that's ever been invented is complete bullshit. <laughs> That's where I'm. That's where I'm coming from on this one. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to do we'll put it. Put it to you, Matt. What's your solution? Well, until recently, like the rest of you, I was just running face first into a propeller. Okay. And hoping that it only got the follicles and not the major features. Yeah, I used to have to try to jam my whole head down the garbage disposal, and uh, that fucking sucked. <laughs> but now, thanks to a friend, a friend of a show. Mm-hmm. A f- can you, can past you have guest, a go? Past guest David can you Angelo. Do that sentence? That didn't, that yes. didn't work at all. Friend of a the friend show, of our show. Friend of the show and past guest David Angelo. Who has set up well, his own company. Well, hold on. Let me tell you. First of all, I'm not buying anything from the East. Not doing it. Oh, I'm yeah. Not, no, none of these Eastern. luck, because uh, this is a very Western com- uh, company. Western Razor. No. Western Razor is David's company, and it's an oldie-style safety razor, double-edged safety razor. Yeah, can't afford those blades, you, though. I'm out. Uh, Jesse, that's where. Here's the beauty of it. Once you've invested a mere $30 in the razor, which comes with five blades anyway, uh-huh. replacement blades cost pennies. Wow. Literally pennies. They cost pennies. It's the technology that's been around for 100 plus years. What if I don't have a power outlet? Don't need it. What are you talking about? It's just not... It's just a simple mechanical... It's just a simple mechanical... Do- heavy, heavy, all metal construction. You let the razor... You let the razor's weight do the shaving it's for the you. It's the kind of thing that back in the day would have been sold with a dead cat and some radioactive material. Yeah. It's a <laughs> solid piece of... Yeah, that can- sounds great. Yeah. Go well, I'm West- not going to buy anything that won't work on my taint. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you might have to sit this one out here, Jesse. Yeah. But it does work. Oh, sorry. I hadn't read the... I was hoping there was something on the press release <laughs> about taint. taint? <laughs> oh, Jesse, you'd be surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well known for taints. Uh, taint guys. Not just for faces, though. I'm sure it is It is perfectly... Av- Comes with a taint mirror. I, I would say it would work on just about any part of the body that any, any of our listeners of any gender wishes to shave. I really think that's true, yeah. Also, with the advantage of that kind of razor is it doesn't get clogged. Even if it does, you can unscrew it, rinse mm-hmm. out the blades, and where screw you, it back. Where do you get them? I know what you're talking about because so my know, grandfather had one. Yeah. WesternRazor.com. WesternRazor.com. That's WesternRazor.com. And it's too expensive. Use the offer code SCIENCE, you'll get $5 off. I'm doing it then. I, just, um, I heard back from David that actually a bunch of listeners have already bought the razors. So, yeah, if, if you're liking them, um, yeah, tweet. Email us. Oh, everybody tweet wants us a face like in. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody buys the products I pitch on the show. Hmm? But, Bullshit. What have you been pitching, Jesse? The, the uh, nipple hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. No one buys my hygienic. No that's, one wants to look like that's Jesse. To, that's to grow more nipple hair, right? Yeah. Okay, no it's one not wants the nipple hair remover. No oh, I thought it was just gel, I it was like just hair gel. Style, just, yeah, <laughs> style <laughs> your nipple well, hair. Sometimes right. you want to get like tired little, of unruly like nipple a, hair. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you want your nipples to look like a Hershey's Kiss made of bird wire? Do you want your nipple hair to look like it's always blowing backward? <laughs> Do you want that wet look nipple? Yeah. <laughs> nipple pompadours are coming back in, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Rockabilly yeah. people Rockabilly love those. Yeah, things. I use more of a pomade. Okay. Yeah. I use nipple, nipple hair pomade. Um, I do like the razor, though. Like, Me too. I, I like, yeah. It just feels like a proper tool. Like, it feels like a good... Yeah, they have like some it's weight solid, to them. Yeah, My grandfather sol- had one of those weighty with a nice handle yeah. on it, like a oh, yeah. like heavy handle. It's like a nice thing to have in your bathroom. Sorry to hear about him, by the way, but those are good razors. <laughs> <laughs> They, they do. I mean, when you, when you picture like what those kind of razors are, that's the kind you put in these. It is a little weird because like there's so much 
iconography of those double-edged razors throughout media. Um, you know, like, but also you could say like you fake just, IDs, making fake IDs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just use. cocaine. It's good for yeah, chopping yeah, out. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Good for chopping up cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you're playing some cocaine. You want to do some cocaine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, speaking of terrifying things. Uh, oh boy. What's sort of bad thing? I think we can't just leave you on a, on the donation things and everything. And the, no, we can't no, do that. Yeah, I think we need, to leave, no, we need to send you off. No, you'd be bummed out. I know a lot of people listen to this show in bed, you know, and they're maybe going to sleep or whatever. So what better thing to think of than millions of baby spiders raining down on rural Australia? Hey, I know wow. we have Australian listeners. Clouds of friggin' baby spiders. That's a nightmare. Um... It's a thing that happens. <laughs> it's a thing that happens. That's terrible. Yeah. It's, 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 I know we have a lot of Australian of listeners. Fucking and I've been to Australia. Novel. I'm a fan of your country for the most part, but uh, goddamn, your your stuff's weird. Ornaments. <laughs> Fuck. You've got the weird. I'm sorry animals. about that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, we're uh, we're sorry, guys. That's that's awful that you live in a nightmare land. <laughs> Um, Nightmarish not, not only They can't are, even deliver the razors over there from Not only are kangaroos constantly kicking people halfway across the room down there But on top of that they got yeah, got to carry yeah. an umbrella to get out from under the yeah, top of residence Dear oh, lord Local Ian Watson told uh, Is this in uh, New South Wales? Uh, Southern Tablelands of New South Wales in Australia uh, It could be caused by two spider migration techniques Said naturalist Martin Robinson from the Australian Museum uh, the first is called ballooning, whereby wherein baby spiders climb to a high point and release their silk, which catches on the breeze to carry them away, <laughs> which can see them fly for up to three kilometers off the ground at long great distances. Charlotte's um, Web style. Uh, I do something different called ballooning, but anyway. <laughs> it's also why the first land animals to arrive on new islands formed by volcanic activity are usually spiders. And the second technique is used during heavy rains and flooding. To escape rising water levels, ground-dwelling spiders throw up their silk in the hopes of catching a breeze and being carried off to a drier location. Well, that's this still can ballooning, cause the so-called right? angel hair effect. <laughs> Not my house. Entire towns can be covered in fine spider silk during floods, which famously happened to Wagga Wagga. Also, ah <laughs> uh, yes, the famous Wagga Wagga spider covering. Yes, ballooning where I in my house, or you know the, that I've always known is where you fill a condom with shit and hit your landlord with it. <laughs> Are you serious? No. Ballooning? Mm. <laughs> it has to be the landlord? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I remember, was, that's where I was, the way I was raised. I remember you, the first time I saw you do stand-up, Chris, you were talking about uh, sex moves. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was like my, that was my big... Geographic sex acts? That like, was my big thing. No, but that, no, but like... That was like my... The whole thing of like... You uh, want to hear the sex positions? People were like, yeah! No, no, <laughs> things like, oh, you got to do the Dirty Sanchez, you got to do it, and you would describe what it was, and then you go, did the... Uh, the Hindenburg. Yeah. It's where you uh, fuck a fat girl and light her on fire and throw out the window. No, well, it was, I, I phrased it a little more delicately. Um, no, it wasn't. You fuck a fat girl, light her on fire, and throw her out the window. And that, that was the exact, yeah. That was, that was well, the I'm same wording. Exactly I'm not sure I approve no, of either identical one, wording. You know, I, I, that was like, I, that sure. was so, that's like one of my greatest achievements. So I just wanted to make sure. That'd be like, you know, you swapped two of the. No, sure. Anyway, whatever. I'm I remember the, the first time I heard the Hindenburg is that I thought that was so. I thought they were all like. just cities. lost all the fans who tuned in for the fun spider story. It was just destroyed. Yeah. Me. That, was, that was, yeah, that was all. That was like, like when I first got back to doing stand-up in, in 2006 because I had done it briefly in New York City in the early 90s and then I quit and uh, anyway did a band I was in a band and then, then when I went back to it the first joke I thought of mm. was I don't know I just was like sex positions people are always talking about and, and that, like I just was like in the kitchen where I worked and I was like ah this is gonna be I don't know I actually had a real 
it was weird though because I remember when you started back in 2006 yeah. and you would book yourself just to do an hour somewhere yeah yeah and, and you I would just get started drunk back yeah I would, get, you would drunk. get drunk you left the stage to go take a piss one time and just left an empty stage for five minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah, came yeah. Back. I was very arrogant when I was drunk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was a good time but yeah the the other one I the my favorite fake sex position I made up okay. my most cerebral I would say that that's the only problem with that one as much as I love the Hindenburg and it's definitely my favorite like that yeah. got the biggest laugh for like 10 years people were like do that this guy's a genius. Um, so uh, my mom yeah, was like, I don't know. My mean. mom was like, I don't know what it means. But the 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 uh, my favorite is uh, the Dirty Sanchez. Uh, I do the um, if you're doing the Dirty Sanchez, uh, why not the low down in Dirty Sanchez where you um, paint a shit, shit mustache on someone who wasn't even involved? <laughs> sure, sure. That was my favorite. Um. But yeah, like that it. was so. Spiders uh, were raining down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spiders. So something slightly less terrifying than. Yes. So uh, this happened in 2012 in Wagga Wagga, also in Australia. Um, so yes, uh, even though it's entirely possible that migrating spiders will rain down at you at any time, um, they insist it's unlikely that any of the spiders associated with these techniques would be harmful. There's nothing to worry about. They'll all disperse once the weather conditions warm up. Well, don't so like for now. Just put up with your entire yard being covered in in spider webs. They and, blew uh, all the way to Antarctica. Like millions of dead spiders will just—they're already frozen, they're already dead. Uh-huh, but they still but, have. But they'll just loft. Be, to the be. scientists will be out there studying whatever, and they'll just see a cloud of dead spiders drifting across the glacier. I guess I'd rather have like a billion dead spiders than live ones fall on my. Than one live one. One giant live one, the size of all of them put together. Yeah. Dewey. I don't. Yeah. I, one time when I was a kid, I stepped on a spider in my bathroom, and, and it was a pregnant spider, and a bunch of little spiders popped out. Like oh. twenty of them started running around, and that never. That was always like I had dreams. But that was a bad. Yeah, I, mean, I never been, liked that. I never went, liked. I still don't like that. There's that, a video that, that just went viral of someone whacking a spider with a broom, and baby spiders went everywhere. Yeah. And it wasn't actually pregnant. It's a wolf spider, and it's young. They all the, climb all over its abdomen and travel with it. And then when you hit them, they all just like fly off. So they were yeah. already alive. They're just babies that were like on their mother, like kangaroo style i don't like that sort and i don't of. like rats there's a couple things i don't like there's a couple things i like they're fine that sure. other people don't like but i don't like rats i don't like spiders that much that's pretty that's acceptable common yeah. <laughs> two things i'm that fine kind of like, like more okay with snakes than i am with spiders i don't know why like it just seems like they're you can see them better i like snakes brooks our original third host hated snakes and i've never understood that they're, they're great i feel like snakes can be reasoned with more than spiders <laughs> yeah spiders spiders to me it's like you're a fucking alien how'd you even get here yeah how did you break well, off you on the wind an evolutionary <laughs> like what are you doing what, what are you, you doing what are you doing you're weird you knock it off you spiders <laughs> you fucking spiders <laughs> over here what are you fucking i don't know <laughs> chris what do you have coming up buddy um uh what do i have coming up i have uh, a whole lot of nothing what do i have i don't think i, I, I saw you at south by playing music south by southwest yeah i play music, music um um but I don't know how you can find any of it. I'm just ter- I've been terrible about about like I, the drinking really really took a toll on my web presence. Um, um, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why I'm here. Uh, I, uh, no, it's great to meet you guys and do these meetings. The drinking took a toll on my web presence. But yeah, you can you can find me uh, you can find me best at the uh, the Chris Crofton Show dot com or at the Crofton Show on Twitter. I, Great can, Twitter feed, hilarious. And thank you. And uh, um, 
Chris Crofton show, the Chris Crofton show. But uh, coming up, I'm doing some stuff in Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles last August, and I'm just getting on some shows now. Um, I, I've, it takes a minute, man. Yeah, and it's been it's been great, and 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 uh, I'm so glad to so glad to be on the show. Uh, Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, what, what did I just say? Yeah. Thank you for having yeah, us. That's no, what no. I said. Yeah. Uh, that's how, that's how Alpha Chris Crofton is. You, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, have, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, thechriscroftonshow.com or at, at uh, the Crofton Show on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, and the, oh, and the Advice King. The Advice King's hilarious. I've spent more time in the, on the Advice King than I've spent on What's anything else. Called? Yeah, and it's very but fucking funny. But anyone can read it. You don't have to be Nashville. No, just to... just put in Chris Crofton, the Advice King, into your Google search, and you will read lots of hilarious stuff. It's like I'm more proud of that than anything else. It's the it's the most time I've put into anything besides worrying. <laughs> sure. Uh, Andy, Jesse, what do you got coming up? Oh man, what do I have coming up? Um, well, uh, we we are. Have we even talked about the LA Podcast Festival? That's uh, coming up September 18th through 20th. We're going to be there along with lots of other great podcasts. Um, and you can visit LAPodfest.com to see have the- they launched uh, ticket sales yet? Ticket sales have been on sale. I'm not sure if we've... We've just locked in a few big shows. I'm not sure if we've announced them all, but you can check out uh, the current lineup at LAPodfest.com and get tickets. That's always a blast. There's about 40 podcasts over the course of, of one weekend, and um, it's going to be the biggest year yet as far as the... Um, Notoriety? What's the word? I have no words today. Like, there's gonna be some big, big. Yesterday was there. your birthday. You're a little out of it. Yeah. It's true. Did get pretty drunk on tiki drinks last night. I, two I, and two together. I will say I've got gigs all around LA, but then UK people. If any of you are gonna be at Glastonbury, I don't have my stage times yet, but I'm gonna be on the cabaret stage on the Friday and Saturday at some point. I've got two sets. That's Friday, awesome Saturday. at the Glastonbury Festival. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. That's cool Thank as hell. You. I like, love that festival. It's a great fun festival and. Not that many people seem to know that there's a comedy stage because it's so huge. Right. Many people don't even get to that that corner of the right. farm that houses the festival. But yeah, go along there. There's a lot of very good comedians performing, and somewhere in the middle of them is me. That's on the great. And then Excellent. Sunday you'll That's find exciting. me in mess. Excellent. Um, yeah. And I've don't forget to um, spread the word. Tell your friends to listen if they yeah, don't. I don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 right. I, nah, fuck it, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. And, no, no, what do you have to give it up? See you next time. No, I've got a bunch of stuff around LA, obviously. My Twitter is at uh, Jesse Case. Shoot me a follow on there. And, um, and then uh, I got more Canada stuff coming up again. Um, but I don't have the dates on that. I really didn't have much to say. I don't have the okay. dates on that. We always again. forget to say, you can, as well as following at Probably Science, you can follow. At Jesse Case, at Andy T. Wood, and at Matt Kirshen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can donate at probablyscience.com. We highly appreciate it when you do. You can also buy stuff on Amazon through our link, and that gives us a little kickback. If you're not able to do to donate um, and you're not shopping on Amazon, the other way you can really help is to spread the word. Yeah. If you like the show, let other people know. If you have friends. a friend who listens to podcasts and they haven't heard of us yet, tell them to give us a try. Um, and if you haven't already given us a review and a rating on iTunes, please, it takes a second and it actually does help us a lot. Shoot us so a like on Facebook. Do whatever do you want. Do any of those things are thing. great. Yep. Uh, but yeah, probably signs at gmail.com with any stories you want us to cover, questions, comments, clarifications, and we will see you next week. Thank you, you so much, Chris, for joining hey, us. Hey, thanks again for having me, and I will definitely tell people about this podcast. I had a lot of fun. Thank thanks, you. thanks, buddy. See you next week.